The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Rosalyn Renee. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode. So I am super excited about this week's episode. I know I say that all the time, but um, in this topic in particular, I wanted to just say for one, Happy New Year to everyone who's listening to this in January. Um, It is the end of the year on my end. And so I wanted to just bring in this kind of, I guess, New Year's episode with just a topic that I I wanted to give you all something that going into the new year, I know we kind of go in with a bunch of different goals. And at this point, you've listened to multiple episodes about and learning about me and my therapy experience. And so I really wanted to give weight to this kind of freshness with the new year and giving you some things that you can think about if you're thinking about going to seek out a therapist and how to find one. So this is going to be a two-part series. This week's episode will be titled, Do I Need a Therapist? How Do I Know If I Need One? And then next week's episode will be How to Find One. So I will give you in next week's episode a lot of different tips, a lot of resources in seeking out a therapist, what to look for in their profile, what kind of therapist do I need to look for if I'm looking for a specific specialty or someone that's um, that specializes in maybe relationships or transitions or anxiety or grief or childhood trauma. Knowing what to look for is always important because different therapists specialize in different things. So I really want to give you some things that you can utilize when you're looking for a therapist and also just how to find one. So that'll be next week's episode. I'll also tell you more so in next week's episode about my experience with having had gone through four different therapists, um, four including the one that I have now. So I'll talk more about that in my next podcast. But this podcast in particular, I want to really give weight and time to how do I know if I need a therapist and what kind of things do people normally go to therapy for? So I have, I don't have any points. I kind of want to use this time to talk. I do have some notes, but I just really kind of just want to talk to you about um, what I was going through at the time when I was seeking my therapist. And then I also surveyed a couple therapists that I do know um, professionally about what are some reasons people come to them to just paint the picture for you that people that seek out counseling or seek out mental health therapy aren't crazy. I sought a therapist during a time in my life that was extremely stressful. And although I went to her for that one specific thing, I found that I had a bunch of other stuff going on that led me until seeing her until the end of this year. So 
I'm moving into my one year anniversary of seeing my therapist consistently for a year. And so in celebration of that, I really do want to give you some helpful tips on why people go see therapists in the first place. So, um, again, I want to also tell you that seeking out a therapist doesn't mean, like I said, you're crazy, but finding a therapist can be, um, you know, it can be a challenge at times, um, finding one that works for you, but also really being able to know why you're going. Um, at the time when I first went um, into seeing uh, a therapist for the first time, I think me going was I was at a completely different place than where I am now. Um, I felt way more invested. I felt like I was really in a place where I could do the work. I had a lot of support systems that could aid me and help me in going to seek out one. Um, So, you know, I'll talk about some more tips and I think some things that might help you, especially if you're starting therapy for the first time in the next podcast. But for me, my reason of going this time was I went um, in January of this year, but the end of last year, so December 2017, I was in the middle. Let me paint the picture for y'all because it was real, real. I was extremely, extremely stressed out. So I had got engaged March of 2017. Um, Me and my husband got married March of 2018 this year. And in December of 2017, I I was in the middle of planning a wedding. I had just started a new job three months prior. So I had got engaged. I had actually quit my job. Um, I had got engaged in March, quit my job in May and started a new job, was at that job for three months, left that job to go to another job in September of 2017 and was like in the middle of planning a wedding. So your girl was stressed. On top of that, for all of my people who understand and who are currently married, y'all know the transition from being somebody's girlfriend to their fiance to then being throughout your whole entire engagement process, the mindset shift that has to occur to be somebody's partner and be married to them. That is a huge transition. That's just a transition for one. But I had also had switched three jobs. I also got kicked out of my mama's house, which is a whole nother story. And mom, if you're listening to this, she will laugh me down to this day and say, I did not kick you out. You moved out. No, girl, I got kicked out. Um, But mommy, if you listen to this, I love you. She knows that that's an inside joke between me and her. But yeah, I got kicked out of my mama's house. So I had to move in with my fiance. So that was a transition because we had planned to move in together when we got married. So that was a whole different thing. Just stressed. Okay. I was so stressed out. On top of all of that, along with the mindset shift of becoming somebody's wife, I had this flood of triggers that occurred closer and closer and closer to the time of my wedding where I was like flooded with all of these thoughts of, am I going to be a good wife? Am I going to be a good partner? How are we going to handle finances? I had seen my parents growing up not really having the most successful marriage. So all these 
thoughts of, is my marriage going to be successful? Um, at the time, me and my dad didn't really have a good relationship. We still don't really talk. Um, but at that time, we really didn't have a good relationship. And so the flood of thoughts related to him and me, just all the history of all the unforgiveness I felt with him, everything, everything. On top of planning a wedding, starting a new job, and then getting kicked out of my mama's house. I was stressed out, y'all. The stress meter was all the way up to the T. So when I found my therapist, I remember the day I called her. It was just, I don't even remember what made me say, I'm going to call a therapist today. Because up until that point, I didn't like have this thought process of, oh, maybe I need to go see somebody, you know, kind of contemplating it for a couple months. I like said, I'm going to see a therapist today and call someone and set up an appointment. So for me, I knew because I had had previous experience with therapists that I was like, I need to talk to somebody at this point because what is going on with me ain't helping. Also, during that time, I realized that I was having a hard time with the transition, of course, of becoming somebody's wife. But I also was really kind of... I guess going through some issues with people, um, with holding on to things. I remember the day I actually called my therapist. On top of being stressed out, I remember I went to work and I had a conversation with a coworker. And I remember she said something to me and she she has a really strong personality in general. Um, but she was, she said something to me and i took it really offensively. And I remember I couldn't shake it off. It was almost like I was having, I, I don't know if it was like a mini panic attack, but it was just, I was so stressed from our conversation that I remember just not being able to shake what she said to me off. And up until that point, I had previously had issues with taking things personally. Um, I often kind of tempered my emotions based on what people's moods were so that I wouldn't offend them. But with her in particular, it really bothered me. And I believe I remember it was something really small, but I know that I remember thinking to myself, why can I not shake this conversation with this lady off hours later? It shouldn't bother me the way it was bothering me. And so I remember thinking, I probably really need to talk to somebody because I shouldn't be this consumed by a conversation with somebody um, like this. And I remember I called my therapist. I called two people, actually. I had looked up on a website that I'll provide to you. Um, openpathcollective.org. And I looked up two therapists. I called one. She didn't answer. I called another one. And that was mine that I, that answered the phone. And I remember when she she answered the phone, she said, hi, thank you for calling. And I kind of told her, you know, Hey, I'm trying to seek out a therapist. Um, I wanted to see if I can set up an appointment with you. Your profile was very, um, it seemed like something that you seem like 
um, a therapist that would be able to help me. And she said, oh, well, I'm so thankful that you called me. Thank you so much for reaching out. I absolutely would love for you to come in. She was just extremely nice on the phone. It was so comforting. She asked me kind of um, some basic questions about what was, you know, currently going on with me. I told her, I said, I just feel like I'm having some anxiety, really kind of going through a transition because I'm getting married in a couple months. And I just really want to talk to somebody like I was desperate. And so she and I set something up that week and I went in and saw her and the rest is history. But my reasoning for going was just like out of desperation. I was like, I don't really know what's going on with me, but I do feel like I probably need to go and see somebody. I also remember when I went for my initial appointment, I told her I really probably need to talk to somebody about just this working transition of going into becoming somebody's wife and dealing with some childhood um, issues that I had had growing up, watching my parents' relationship, and I didn't want to bring that into my marriage. So that was, those were my two reasons, my anxiety and the transition. That may not always be everyone's reasoning. I also had struggled in the past, the previous times I had went to go see a therapist with depression. Um, there was a time back in... I want to say when I was in grad school and I was seeking a therapist that I had trouble with, um, I would come home and go to sleep. I didn't really like to go out. I isolated myself often. This also was the time around the time where I had graduated from grad school and I uh, started working my first job out of grad school, just not really enjoying the transition um, not really feeling very connected to my job. And I think, especially as a millennial, and I'm going to toot our horn for a second, but I think for us, my age group in particular, we kind of grew up in a time frame where there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of internet. And then there was like a rambunctious amount of exposure randomly when we became adults. And the problem I feel like with that is, is around the time where we graduated college, it was this constant stream of throwing in our minds of like walking in purpose or being successful or you graduate from college and now you're like working this bomb job. And it's just kind of this high expectation of success thrown into like my age group where when we get out of college, honestly, like we trying to just have a job to be able to pay the bills And like, what does that look like when you're 20 something years old living at home with your mom and you want to move out, but you can't because you're paying off student loan debt. So the idea of success was also something that I struggled with because I felt like, God, I got a master's degree, but I don't feel at all successful. So I remember struggling with that. That can be a reason maybe to go see a therapist. All the reasons I'm naming to you were probably at the time things I probably needed to go to somebody and talk about. And I don't want to paint the picture that every single time you have an issue to go see somebody, but I do want to say that therapy can be a a place where you can have an outlet that's healthy. I think a lot of times when we deal with problems, we go and run to alcohol or our friends or, you know, things that don't really necessarily provide a benefit 
or run to relationships or all of these things, they don't necessarily provide a benefit, but more so treat therapy as a place, if you trust your therapist, as a healthy outlet. There is nothing wrong with talking out problems with someone, um, especially because we as human beings hold on to too much stuff and we don't deal with stress in healthy ways. And so a therapist can really teach you some healthy coping skills to be able to get through those issues. And again, like I will say, take these things to God, but also know that God is practical. Like the Lord is very spiritual, of course, but he's also a God that's practical. He puts things in place for us to be able to deal with things um, in a way that is not always spiritual. It doesn't have to be always spiritual things to get through stuff, but to know that God is practical. Um, I use this example a lot when I'm just kind of describing, you know, daily practices, but you know, there are things that calm me down every day that, I mean, it's not always just me always going to God. Like a lot of times when I come home, I will journal. That's something that helps me practically kind of decompress and deal with my day, get it out of my head and on paper. I could easily go pick up a bottle of wine, not to say that I don't partake in wine every now and then, but saying that as a, a sense to say, there are other ways to deal with stress and other ways to deal with um, different things. And so having an outlet where you can go once a week or once a very other week to talk to someone, to let it out of your mind and out of your mouth can be a healthy way to deal with it. Um, and not to go on a rant, but I think especially as an African-American woman, I've learned, especially going to therapy, that although my experience is completely different from any other race, I do believe my my particular culture doesn't talk about the issues that we're really facing and talk about the struggles that it, struggles that we have as a culture in dealing with our mental health, um, you know, as a woman, especially a black woman, I'm taught to be strong and take on this just overwhelming superwoman cape. And I don't have to do that. I, I'm built genetically and when well, I would say genetically, but physically, I'm built just like any other race. My experience in my life is different, but my body is not meant to handle this amount of stress and weight. And mentally, although I can be accustomed to that stress, I don't want to be accustomed to it. I don't want to feel like I have to carry this high stress on myself just because culturally that's what I'm told I have to do. Physically, it's not healthy for us to carry this amount of stress. This is why, you know, all these diseases and all these specific um, medical issues are, I would say, high in our culture because we're taught to do this and we don't have to. So the reason I'm prefacing this and I'm taking so much time to say this is because going to therapy doesn't have to be a, I'm not really going through that much or I have to be strong or we don't have to be. I have kids that I counsel at my job that struggle with just crying 
we're a culture, especially African-Americans, that don't even know how to, in a healthy way, express our emotions. And that's not a good thing, y'all. So I want to say that, you know, struggles are going to happen, but there are ways that you can handle it and talking to somebody can be one of them. So going back to what um, I was saying about you know, some of the things that I suffered with, I also think I isolated myself often. Um, I am, I feel like I'm an introvert and I'm also a homebody, which is two not really good things if you ask me, because it's easy to just kind of close yourself off to people. But I thoroughly enjoy my alone time. It makes me so happy. However, I think sometimes people abuse the word introvert as a way to like not be around people. I think introversion is more so about I can I I like to be around people, but I like to recharge myself by my alone. Like my alone time is is a way for me to recharge. It's a way for me to kind of get myself, I guess, filled up to be around people. However, when you suffer with depression, It's easy to isolate yourself and not want to be around people. And I don't think that's healthy because we do need relationships. We are a people that need to be around people. We need to interact. We need to do that. And so if you're you're the type of person that finds yourself really closing off, um, that could be a symptom of depression. Um, And also, too, one of the things that I suffered with was Like I told you all before, I wasn't really a person that was vulnerable. I didn't really like to talk to people about my issues. But something I did do was try to, the people that were in my life, I did go to them often about whatever I was going through to try to get an answer to everything. And I say that to say, um, reason why this may not always be the healthiest way is because it was almost like a codependency thing. So for my mom, for an example, me and my mom have a very close relationship. However, as an adult, I do think that it took me a lot of, a lot of time to cut the umbilical cord with my mom because our relationship was very enmeshed. Um, it isn't really much so now because I've really worked with my therapist to work through like this idea of independency within myself, as well as being close to my mom. Um, I do think that's a cultural thing. However, um, I learned that I was going to my mama for everything. Like every time I had a question about something, it could be small. I was that kid that I was like, my mama call people or call these, call the 1-800 numbers for me. Because I'm like, girl, I don't know what to say to these folks. And it's like, girl, you need to be an adult. You are literally in your mid-20s. But that was just me. And so I was finding that I wasn't making decisions for myself. And so I would always go to all these people for their opinion. But what I was finding was that I wasn't standing solid on my own two feet. And I and I had a problem with making decisions. I was very indecisive. Um, and just all of these constant anxious and worry and these feelings, these are reasons you can go see someone to talk about that. And you can plainly say to someone if they're asking you, why do you want to seek a therapist? I have problems with making decisions. 
I rely on everybody to make decisions for me. Or if I'm trying to figure out something in my life, I always go to my friends for everything instead of kind of asking for advice, taking what they say with a grain of salt and then coming to a conclusion for myself. That's a healthy way. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. To make a decision but if you're constantly going to people or kind of going back and forth in your mind about something it's okay to say I probably need to go talk to somebody um I also overanalyze kind of going back to that story with my coworker. I overanalyze and overthink spent hours thinking about one specific issue that I might have had um and not to say that Things aren't going to bother you, but when it's like very small situations and you can't shake it and you're angry for days or constantly running back in your mind something that occurred, um, that might be a reason to go see somebody. And I don't say that to say like, I'm trying to think of an example well, like I'll say with my coworker, that was something I would have, I probably would have thought about that for, you know, a couple days that one five minute conversation would have thought about that for a couple of days. That's not necessarily healthy. Um, and so that could be a reason to go see somebody. So also one of the things, and I'll kind of shift gears into a more spiritual aspect. I was finding that, um, going into, and I'm, again, I'm talking about my experience. I'll give again, some reasons why you could go see a therapist for um, just kind of other reasons that, you know, therapists have pointed out to me. But for me, some things that I also was finding was my prayers to God were very surface. I, I couldn't identify the root of the issue. So to give an example, like I'll go back to the whole thing with purpose and being connected to a job or feeling like I know what I'm doing with my life. That was something that I really found that I was always going to God about. Like, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing? Like, I don't understand. I don't get it. This isn't right. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm working this job. I hate it. And I couldn't figure out the root of the issue of, you know, For me, I think what I realized now was I was just being entitled as a kid. Like, I, yes, I graduated with a master's degree. And yes, I wanted to work a dream job. But baby, you got to get in the trenches and you have to kind of just do some work, get some experience so you can get it on a resume and then eventually move into a job that you love. I wasn't feeling like I was like, oh, what was me? Everything is so bad. Oh, my gosh. And it's like. That wasn't it. But at the time, that was my struggle. And so I couldn't really figure out the root of a lot of my issues because I couldn't talk it out. I couldn't figure out what was really happening. Those were some of the things that me and my therapist talked about. I talked to her a lot about how I had this obsession with purpose, 
how I felt like, oh, I just need to get to this certain get to this certain job or get to this point or be a full time entrepreneur and I'll be so happy. And she was like, no, thank you're always going to have things you're going to get to. What is what is wrong with you being content with now? And so we practice working on being content for now. And I found, gosh, I'm extremely entitled. I feel entitled to do something that realistically it ain't got nothing to do with nobody but just my pride and my entitlement. So again, to say these things to you, meaning like, why am I going into this is because you're always going to be going through something, but that doesn't mean you can't deal with it. But a lot of times our response to situations or painful things that we're going through has a lot to do with where we are mentally. If you struggle with um, being triggered by people that have hurt you or rejection, there may be something deeper than that. Uh, I always tell people the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. It's a scripture. I don't know where it's at. I should have found it before I started recording. But if any time you feel like you feel a bad, you're a bad person or you don't feel like you're good enough or you beat yourself up. There's something behind that. There's something that is the root of the issue. Or you find that you have a hard time with staying in relationships with somebody because you're always uh, only attracted to men that are toxic. There's something behind that. There's a root issue behind that. Um you know, I don't know what it could be connected to, but find out the root. And if I want to switch gears again to go back to the spiritual aspect, there's a root of something that was planted before you got to this point that has sprouted and made a harvest that is bearing fruit on a tree that you got to pull up. There's there's no reason for us to be Christians to be walking around with these trees that are bearing fruit that we have the authority and in the dominion to pull up. God has given us that. And if we aren't even igniting the Holy Spirit to teach us or show us what that is, we're taking away God's power for us. We have to stop putting ourselves in these places as Christians to feel like it's God's fault that we're not at the place we want to be. There's a lot of times God wants us to walk with him for him to be able to show us what we need to do so that if the situation happens again, we have the authority and the power to say no or, or fight back. If you're in a toxic relationship, you have the authority of Jesus Christ to put up those boundaries to say, I don't want to be treated like this. But if you aren't knowing what the issue is or the root of why this keeps occurring, you're constantly going to be in those same situations. And so Give yourself the space to handle your business for you. And that may be going to therapy. I went because I was struggling with transitions and struggling with, you know, dealing with the fact that I'm about to be married to somebody and I have all this baggage that I I don't even know how to get through. So I needed somebody to help me rummage through my baggage and realistically just let it go forgive and let go. I thought I forgave my father for all the things that happened when I was a kid. I thought I forgave my mother for all the things that happened to me when I was a kid or not really not to me, but what I saw as a child, 
And realistically, I hadn't. And so when I was able to talk through what I was really feeling, it was easier for me to say, oh, wow, they weren't able to really be the parents that I expected them to be because they had their own issues that they hadn't worked through. So it's easier for me to say I can look at them now and say, I understand why you couldn't parent me the way that I expected because you had your own stuff you were dealing with. So I say that to say, like, having a renewed mind is about being renewed. If you're just still functioning from a very toxic mindset, you're only going to be functioning from a toxic place. You got to be able to say, okay, God, as much as I don't want to do this, I need to talk to somebody. If you're struggling in your marriage with balance, if you're struggling with balancing you know, your kids and knowing what to do as a wife or as a husband, getting on the same page as your spouse, talk to somebody about some ways that you can do that. It's not, doesn't make you crazy because you go see someone. It just makes you human. So, um, I wanted to get into something else, but I think I'm going to bring that more into the next episode. But going back to what I said, like I told God all the time, Lord, help me get through this. Help me get through this. And he's like, no, let me show you what the root is so that if any time the enemy tries to plant this in your ground again, you have the authority to say no and pull it up. We have that authority. Y'all got to take your power back. Like with me, if, if, if I even see an inkling of feeling like I'm rejected, I'm immediately going into prayer and I'm binding that and I'm loosing God's hope. I remind God that you've never given me the spirit of fear. You've given me power, love and a sound mind. So for me to fear doing anything like this podcast, you've never gave me that. So that has to be the enemy trying to plant a seed of fear For me to not do what it is you've called me to do, Lord, and I have that authority by you. So, again, I wouldn't be able to do a lot of this without the Holy Spirit and therapy, period. Let go of all this stuff. But or like, again, in order for you to let go of it, you're going to have to address it. So um, knowing do you need a therapist? I think everybody does. you're going to go through so many things in life. And if you are really sad and don't feel comfortable where you are in your life right now, go see someone. It's okay. Like I said, give yourself the outlet so you can have a place where you can go, let all your feelings out, leave, come back next week, let all your feelings out, leave, and let them give you some practical tips. So... Um, To go into just, you know, some of the things, like I said, I was going to tell you about, um, I surveyed a couple therapists that told me about some things that people come to them for. Um, The first thing, my my therapist actually asked her this and she kind of said to me, she feels like a lot of the reason people come to her in particular is her profile specifically says Christ-centered therapy is um what's the verbiage that she used is offered if you want it so she can either do very like just straightforward therapy with you like we're trained to do or 
provide that spiritual aspect, which I believe she's highly, highly anointed to do so. Um, And again, like I told y'all before, if your therapist doesn't offer that or if your therapist isn't necessarily Christian, you can still talk about these um, Christian principles or if your if your therapist is Christian, but she doesn't necessarily talk about her faith or something like that, or he or she, whoever you see, you can still bring up kind of the things I'm talking about. Take it to therapy and talk about it uh, because they're still processing and still some ways that you can talk through it. And ask your therapist, you know, are you a person of faith? Is that something that I could, you know, comfortably talk about? They may or may not share that with you. But a lot of times therapists can, they share their actual um, practice and their, um, I don't say their belief systems, but the way they approach clinical practice. And I think that that would be helpful to ask those questions. Um, it's just, you're just as important as a client to them as you are, you're you're not selling yourself. They're selling themselves to you just as much as you're selling themselves to them in the sense of being a client and getting a service. So I don't think there's anything wrong with asking. But she kind of said that she believes that a lot of people are searching for um, God, even though they're coming to therapy and talking about, you know, themselves and their lives. All in actuality, God is the one that can ultimately heal us. But I also think that if you don't have that, you can still pray to God and he can absolutely be the one to walk with you in this. Invite him in. Begin to ask him to confirm to you. I would say before even all of this that I'm about to name to you, ask God, confirm to me, Lord, should I go see somebody? Ask him for confirmation in something. I don't know what it is, but just ask him in whatever way. Now, I'm not saying ask for a red bird to fly out of the sky and land on your shoulder, which could happen. God is a funny way of doing things and he can make that happen. But just begin to ask him for confirmation for you to go see someone. Um, But also, again, like she said, she thinks that a lot of people are seeking out something full Um, healing. And so she thinks that, you know, that is something that attracts people to her page and her um, profile in particular, which then makes them become a client of hers. So transitions is one reason why people go seek um, therapy. Like I said, for me, it was my engagement period. You could go seek a therapist for Um, after you get married, um, postpartum. So a lot of moms who recently became new moms might go seek a therapist for that postpartum period. Um, After a parent passes, um, maybe being the caregiver of somebody, if you you are a caregiver of someone that's sick, you may want to go seek out somebody to just have a space to talk through what that feels like. Um, and the therapist can teach you ways on how you can take care of yourself as well as taking care of somebody else. So you're not feeling solely empty transitions, um, moving to a new city, just learning the way of the land and just kind of dealing with homesickness. Uh, just, I'm a person that believes that although we go through different things, there's a time and a place where you can still go see somebody if you need it. Um, Another reason why this was actually my clinical supervisor who told me this, that a lot of the reason why a lot of her clients come see her is they have struggles in their romantic relationships. They have problems with actually 
being able to stay in long relationships, they find that they struggle with it. And so they're like, well, shoot, if I ain't saying the relationship, what's wrong with me? Kind of thing is what she kind of told me. So you may struggle with relationships and romantic relationships and finding that you kind of date the same person. And what, why is that? Is that a connection to something related to what I saw growing up? Um, That could be something that would be helpful to go see somebody for. Another one was grief, um, losing a loved one and just really having a hard time with that. Grief is an extremely complex period of time because like, let's say you lose somebody one month and then maybe six months later, you lose someone else that's close to you. Hello, you welcome to my home. The train is going by. (laughs) Um, And so it feels like back to back constant hurt and pain. And so having a space where you can kind of talk about that to where if you suffer with depression in the past, if you lose someone close to you, how to work through not going back to that space. Um, Stressors. So working a long job. I mean, stressors with relationships with family. Um, Stressors related to financial strains. Um, You know, anything that getting on the same, getting on the same page with your spouse related to finances, that can be something that you could talk about in therapy. Um, all of those very can seem like very small situations, but the way we react could really impact the way we do things. Um, if you find that you're one of the things, if you find that you're picking up, um, drinking or smoking, uh, was one of the things that, um, I actually talked to one therapist and she told me about, that she said one of her clients came to her because they were finding that they were just increasing alcohol and drug usage because of a recent death that actually happened in their family. And so that was something that they realized, oh, I'm doing this a lot. I probably need to go talk to somebody. Found out that it was grief. Um, so going back to grief for a second. So that could be something you could go see somebody for. Um You could also see somebody for toxic relationships. You know, that could even be with parents. If you have a struggle with a toxic relationship with your parent, that could be a reason to go toxic relationships with friends, toxic relationships with romantic partners. That that is a reason to go. Childhood traumas is also another one. So if you were like physically abused growing up, molested, sexually assaulted, sexually assaulted as an adult, Um, Those traumatic situations can also be reasons to go. Also, um, another reason could be if you were in like a natural disaster. So like a hurricane, um, there are physical reactions and mental health reactions from um, being in those types of disasters. So like uh, Hurricane Katrina, that's like a, a huge natural disaster that can impact somebody's mental health. A car accident. I know that that's something somebody can suffer from PTSD with that. Um, There's so many things you are. I don't want to limit it, but I don't want to like say that it's not a big thing because it is. So and then lastly, couples, couples therapy. There is nothing wrong. And I will advocate for this till I'm blue in the face because I'm so for healthy marriages, healthy relationships. I'm all for it. Pound black love. 
Hey, boo, because I know he's going to listen to this podcast. I love you, babe. Um, <laughs> I love my husband. But anyway, couples therapy. There is nothing wrong with having a check-in throughout your marriage. I say every marriage should have a therapist on retainer. This is just me. Along with, you know, having amazing friendships with couples that are married, where you can have that space to talk about those things, having mentors that are married, um, being, you know, you and God and your you, God and your husband or you and God and your wife. All of those things are amazing. But even having a therapist on retainer is helpful because you can go see maybe every quarter or every um, two times a year, go for a couple sessions, maybe three or four at the most, talk about some of the things that you all are working on or kind of thinking about and use that as a way to like continue to build on your marriage. Premarital counseling is great, but my engagement was a year. My premarital counseling was maybe eight weeks. So two months and I'm going to be married the rest of my life, there is going to be so many things that I'm going to need to learn throughout the time I'm married. My relationship is not going to be just based on during the time I was engaged. So having a check-in with people or having a check-in with a therapist is always bomb and helpful because it can really shape where you all are related to your vision for your marriage, where you want to be getting on the same page with things along with God. I do. And again, I would never say never take God out. of Don't take God out of anything. But you can have those conversations where y'all can talk about with a mediator and like talk about things. So couples therapy is always, always helpful. If you're struggling in your marriage, go seek out a therapist um, individually and even together. Um, if your spouse is not really open to that, pray to God and ask them to touch his, touch their heart so that that can be an open conversation that you all can have. So those are all of my tips, you guys. Um, I really hope that this was helpful. And again, begin to just really bring a dialogue about mental health being a normal thing, Um, especially mental health for the church and Christians. Like I said to you all, we have the authority. The enemy doesn't have authority over us. We just have allowed his influence in our life. And because of that, This is why we have problems with different things, but we have the authority and we have the ability to plead the blood of Jesus and be forgiven for our sins and all the things that we're going through. But God wants to teach us how to fight. I do believe I'm a warrior for God, but it took me having to learn how to gather my tools, put on my sword and all of those things to fight the battle. So let God teach you. Go see kind of therapist. I'll put some resources in the show notes. I also want to say really quickly, I know I talked about um, black women putting on the superhero cape. I listened to a podcast about a month ago related. It was a therapy for black girls. And she was talking about just this aspect of the superhero cape um, that black women really wear. And one of my girlfriends, I even found out about the podcast. One of my friends, Ashley, did a podcast on the superhero cape and us kind of just taking it off and learning how to take off that cape. I'm going to link that episode in the show notes and the episode for Therapy for Black Girls because they were both just amazing ways to really like hear for yourself the mental struggles that 
I feel like African-American women deal with that we don't talk about, but also just how to decompress our minds to like take the cape off and not being everything for everybody because we're not able to do it, y'all. So I'm going to link that in the show notes as well as the other resources I always link. Um, And I will be back next week to talk to you about how to find a therapist. Stay tuned for part two. Love you all so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.